I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. Yes, I'm in the glory land way. Telling the world that Jesus saves today. Yes, I'm in the glory land way. 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 And the way groweth clearer for I'm in the glory land way Hello beloved, I send you warm greetings wherever you are Again, this is your brother Paul Orphan I think uh, last week we introduced a lesson And the title was The Final State of Man And uh, we talk about the part one And today I'm going to talk about the part two. Uh, before I do that, let's have a word of prayer. And as we always do, I introduce my lesson and uh, we go through and see what the scripture have for us. Father God and Almighty, once again, I give your name praise and thanks for everything that you have done in our lives. I commit my listeners into your hand that God you will grant them with wisdom and understanding of your word so that whatever they will be listening to today uh, will be meaningful to them and also help them to prepare and ensure their life uh, after uh, their death. We know that you always listen to us and we pray that God you see us through and let your Holy Spirit guide us and let him speak through me. In Jesus name I pray amen again brothers and sisters uh, we're going to tackle this important lesson which we started last week and if you have not uh, have the opportunity to listen to the part one I implore you to do that before you can understand the part too well if uh, uh, you hear this tip because the part one gives you the foundation of where we begin and where we are going so try to find out the part one and listen to the part one also just to help you understand this the topic that we are trying to um, explain is the final state of man is the final state of man and last week we look into the topic asks what happened uh, immediately after one dies what happened immediately after one dies and also we talk about the components of uh, human being that human is made of uh, the body and the soul and also we talk about uh, where the soul will be going and wait till the final judgment day and then we say that th this state called the intermediate state of man that is after one dies until the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ some people do not believe and some people think that when you die uh, you don't have any soul 
so death is the end of everything and then we also look into the other people who believe there's a soul but also believe that when one dies the soul also go to sleep and there's no activity at all but then we use the bible to prove this as false because there's a lot of activity going on after one dies so today we're going to continue from uh, where we ended last week and we are going to discuss uh, some of the biblical evidence of the intermediate state and then we talk about when we say intermediate state what is the intermediate state um, we will talk about paradise we also talk about uh, torment or Tartarus and we also uh, discuss the form that people or the souls are going to you know uh, be in the intermediate states to end the part two for today now the biblical evidence of an intermediate state there are a number of scriptural evidences that suggest that the soul can be separated from the body for example Jesus encouraged his disciples and he said to them do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul what it means is people can kill the body the human body can be killed but the soul within the body no human being can kill the soul now you can pull a gun on somebody and then fire the gun and kill the person it's only the body that you have killed but the soul you cannot kill the soul by using the gun so Jesus says do not fear those who can kill the body but they cannot kill the soul rather fear him who can destroy both the soul and the body and hell so that means your soul can only be destroyed in hell but no human being can destroy a soul so that is what jesus said in matthew chapter 10 verse 28 so this means that after the separation by death the soul of man continued to exist in the intermediate state until the resurrection which means the body and the soul are you know can be separated we can have the body and then we can also have the soul and that separation when it comes it means the person is dead the person is dead so we're going to go through the scripture to learn more about what actually happened in the intermediate states the intermediate states actually consists of two main areas with a great gulf separating them giving us a clear picture of how the place looked like Abraham reveals two distinct areas where 
there is no crossover. What it means is the intermediate state consists of two areas and in between these two areas is a great gulf, a great gulf or great chasm which separate these two areas. And he says there is no crossover which means if you are in A, you cannot cross over to B. And if you are in B, you cannot also cross over to A. So what Abraham said to the rich man in Luke chapter 16 verse 26, this is what he said, and listen, I quote, And beside all this, between us and you, a great chasm, has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able and none may cross from there to us so as I explain there's no way that somebody in B can cross over to A in that intermediate state wherever you open your eyes after your death and you find yourself that is what you are going to remain till the judgment day so read Luke chapter 16 verse 19 to 31 and especially verse 26 tells you that there's a great separation between these two areas and these areas are where the souls of man will be departed to as they pass from they pass on from these mortal bodies until the final resurrection day remember the intermediate states either in paradise or in torment which we will learn later is not our final destination but it determines where one will finally be since there is no crossover and also no return to the land of the living. So that is what the intermediate state means. Now let me take this time to explain another doctrine that is going on in religious world. Some religious bodies believe a third state and they term it as purgatory, which they believe when people die they go especially those who are sinners but then looking at the picture jesus displayed in luke chapter 16 verse 19 to 31 this contradicts the doctrine of purgatory they believe that there is a third place of the intermediate state where suffering sinners make amends of their sins before going to heaven there is no way that you can find this reading from Luke chapter 16 that there is a third place where sinners go and then make amends with uh, uh, the sins they have committed so that God will forgive them and then they go to heaven from there this doctrine is false doctrine and it's not biblical doctrine 
this is human teachings and it should be rejected because it doesn't have biblical base nothing can change the destiny of the person after death no amount of prayer or intersection for the sinner can change his destiny after he dies where a person's soul goes after death is decided by himself when he is alive having a church barrier or funeral will not change your destiny some people think that uh, if I die and the preacher you know do my uh, barrier or if I die and they take my body to the church house or put on the altar and then they say prayer for me then even if I am a bad person God will forgive all my sins and then I will go to a better place don't take care of yourself because that will not happen according to Bible there's no third place there's only two place and the intermediate states you either go to one or the other there's no third place so let us not take ourselves or let us not anybody deceive you so for this reason it is better you make the amends while you are alive try to sort things out if you are sinner, change your ways because this is the time God can forgive you. When you die, that is the end of it. Paul said to the Corinthians, In a favorable time, I listen to you, and in the day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2 Therefore do not think your destiny can be changed by paying money to the priest or by requesting the priest to bury you or the church to bury you. The decision has to be made by yourself once you are alive. If you want to go to heaven, you have to decide it once you are alive. No amount of prayer can change your destiny after death. Because Solomon says, For the living know that they will die, but the dead knows nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 5 Therefore do not fool yourself by believing in this teaching of purgatory, because there is nothing like going to somewhere and make amends of your sins so that God forgive you and you go to heaven after you die. There's only two areas. And we are going to talk about these areas uh, shortly. In the intermediate state, where the souls of man go after they die, there are two distinct areas. And the first one is called the paradise. And then the second one we talk about later is also called uh, uh, Torment or Tartarus or Hades. All these three names describe 
what is going to happen in that second place. Now, in paradise, the righteous and the faithful souls will be departed into this place. And it's Jesus who termed this place as a paradise. When he promised the thief on the cross to be with him immediately after his death. The thief on the cross, uh, on the cross was lucky to get this promise from Jesus. Jesus said, Today ye will be with me in paradise. That is Luke chapter 23, verse 42 and 43. So we will dive into this paradise and see what actually happened there. Did Jesus meet this uh, thief on the cross? Or did the thief on the cross saw Jesus in paradise as he was promised? I believe you will see him because Jesus is God. He doesn't lie. And what promise he gave, he will fulfill it. So the thief on the cross, because he changed his heart on the cross, Jesus promised him that you deserve to go to paradise with me. To give hope to the Christians and also to confirm that there is a prepared place awaiting the faithful ones, Paul says to the Corinthian brethren, and I quote what he said, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan. And the tent he's talking about here is the body. And he said, For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent or in this body, we groan, being burdened, not that we will be unclothed, but that we will be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed by may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse one to five is what I've just read. So this is a hope for the Christians that this earthly tent of this body that is only used in on this earth when it is destroyed god has promised us that we're going to have a home a building which is not made with hands in the heavens and that is what we the faithful ones or christians are hoping to go in the future this also shows that the souls of the faithful ones after departing from this earthly tent find themselves in paradise which is the intermediate states paul continues to reassure the thessalonian christians in in first thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 
to 18 that those who have died in the Lord are in the presence of Jesus Christ and will remain in this disembodied state or in a bodiless state until the second coming of our Lord. Paul says, but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so through Jesus God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep therefore encourage yourselves with these words. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 to 14 and 18. This is the assurance that we have and it's only Christ and his apostles that have promised Christians with this. There is no religious other religious bodies in this world that have this promise for their followers. But Paul says when this earthly tent is destroyed, we will not be found naked because God is going to clothe us by giving us a building that can cover our nakedness and that building is not made with hands in heaven. And this is where we are aching to be. Peter, the apostle, confirms Jesus as being alive in the spirit in the brief time between his death and resurrection. You know that when Jesus died, he was in the tomb for three days. Now within this period that he was in the tomb, according to Peter, his human spirit was separated from his body and he was able to have full fellowship with the dead saints in paradise and also to announce his victory over sin and death to the lost souls in Hades. First Peter chapter 3 verse 18 to 20. You read there. Now let's talk a little bit about Tartarus or torment. What is the meaning of Tartarus? Or torment and what is this place Tartarus according to the ancient Greek is a description of a deep abyss that is used as a dungeon of torment and suffering for the wicked and as a prison for the Titans in those times they used this place they called Tartarus as a punishment for the wicked people. So when you find guilty and they send you to Tartarus, it's like you are now in prison and the torment, the agony, the torture that you be in that place that you are going to face 
It's not something that anybody have to dream about. So when Jesus was speaking to his people, he made reference of this place, the Tartarus, and mentioned it to the disobedient people that if you don't repent, you are going to a place as Tartarus where you are going to suffer. So Jesus used this word as it was familiar to the people of his time to send a signal to the disobedient people how the place is going to be for them. In the Bible description, this is an intermediate state for the souls of the ungodly. It is described as a gloomy darkness prepared for the disobedient angels and the ungodly people. This is not the final judgment. Don't get it wrong. Don't get missed up. Or the final destination of the ungodly soul. But these are kept here. The ungodly souls and these angels are kept here until the final hour when they will be delivered into the eternal suffering. So you read the Bible in Jude chapter 6, in Jude chap, uh, chapter 1, Jude is only one chapter, verse 6, and this is what Jude said, and I quote, And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept, God has kept, in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. So this place is not a final destination for the ungodly or for the rebellion or the, 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 those angels who rebel against God. But they are kept here, safe. And for the angels, they are kept in chains until the final judgment day. So from this account, this place is not only for the ungodly souls, but also the angels who bear against God. They are to remain here and they are kept in chains until the great day. And this place is called term, uh, torment because the individual souls sense the impending danger. Remember the rich man, when he was sensing the danger before him, cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger. Not even in hands or all the fingers, the end of one finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. Luke chapter 16 verse 24. So this man was suffering, though he has not been in the final place where he is going to suffer in perpetuity or where he is going to suffer eternally. 
but he's just waiting. But he can still feel the anguish, the pending doom. He can feel it. So now he is begging for Abraham. Please, I'm thirsty. Send Lazarus to dip one of his finger in water, just a drop, to cool my tongue. But he did not get it. Simply because there is a great gulf, a great chasm between the two places. No one can cross over. Okay? Lazarus cannot dip his finger and cross over that great chasm or that great gulf. You can't do that. So it tells you that there's no crossover indeed. So don't wait till you go there and you regret for not changing your heart while you were alive. On the final judgment day, these souls will appear before Christ for their final destination. You'll come out and Jesus will tell you. But let me tell you, those who are here already, they know where they are going. So as soon as you die and you open your eyes in a spirit world, you know where you'll be, whether you are going to the lake of fire or you are going to heaven. You know it. Because where you find yourself, you can't change over. You can't cross over. You remain the same place until the day comes where you will be ushered into heaven if you are a faithful person or you will be ushered into the lake of fire if you are a godly person. Having said this, what kind of form are these souls find themselves? All these tests combine to teach that the inner man or the souls survives or the soul survives the death of the body and continue to exist in the state of consciousness. And for the Christians, in a state of anticipation and expectation of the future of judgment or the day of judgment. Having established this fast, let's proceed to find out what form will the intermediate state be like. This will depend on whether one is going to be saved or be lost. To find a form. But one thing is certain. There are some things that are common for those who will be in heaven or those who will be in Tartarus or Hades. One thing in common that we talk about to today. One thing is this interim life or the intermediate life, all the souls or the spirits exist without physical body this does not mean they are no longer persons but will exist in a form like angels who do 
not have physical bodies. We know angels do not have physical bodies. So the souls in this intermediate state also exist in that form. And they will continue to retain their full personalities and identities. Okay? Immediately after they die. They still hold on to their personalities and identities. For example, the rich man recognized both Abraham and Lazarus immediately after he died because both were still maintaining their full personalities and identities they had prior to uh, their death. So you see them. Just as angels have specific forms and are beings of substance, so our bodiless spirit will have specific form which will probably mirror the forms of our earthly bodies so what 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 it implies is our spiritual body that we're going to be in after we die is going to mirror the bodies that we have today though it's not the same because you cannot send this uh, body of blood and bone okay after you die that blood and bone is only the body that the 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 soul find as a home but as soon as you die the soul goes away from it but the soul now has all the personalities of you and has all the characteristics of you so those people who have died and knew you before can recognize you and say that, oh, I know this man. And that is why immediately when the rich man died, he could see Lazarus. His neighbor, the person that he did, uh, uh, he did not you know, give food to him when he was on earth. He saw him because he was still maintaining his personalities. Also, Peter recognized Elijah and Moses as the transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17, verse 3. Because Elijah had his own body, which is a spiritual body, but just mirrored uh, his earthly body, so Peter could see him. Secondly, as I said, the, the, uh, the first we are going to be in uh, without a physical body after we die, we also will have conscience. And you also have consciousness. Okay? There are a lot of biblical testimonies that show that these souls are conscious and actively communicating. In Matthew chapter 17 verse 3, Luke chapter 16 verse 19, 31, Revelation chapter 6, we see these souls communicating. Jesus told the truth on the cross, you'll be with me in paradise. In Luke chapter 23 verse 42 to 43, and if this man was not going to be conscious, how would he recognize Jesus in paradise and vice versa? Certainly, there is consciousness. There is consciousness in life after death. Therefore, my beloved brethren, do not be deceived. 
or do not deceive yourself by thinking that when one dies that is it nothing happened but they have to make sure that you secure your soul and ensure your soul so that after you die you will be welcome to paradise waiting to go to your heavenly home as promised by God work on your own salvation by accepting Jesus Christ repent from your sins confess confessing the Lord and be baptized as happened in Acts chapter 2 and I will urge you to contact the church of Christ nearest you they will help you and teach you from the Bible so that you know what you have to do to be saved if you are struggling to find a church of Christ in your locality or in your community please drop me a test at the comment area and I will get back to you and help you locate them please I want you to share this lesson with your friends like it and subscribe for future lessons In part 3, we will be looking into what goes on in Tartarus or Tormen, the place where the ungodly souls go to wake, go to wait. We're going to discuss that in lesson 3 or part 3. Remember, this place is not a final destination for the ungodly. So is paradise. Paradise is not a final destination for the faithful Christians but it's a place where you wait until Jesus ushered you at the final or the judgment day into your heavenly home. God bless you for listening to this. Again, it's your brother, Paul Offen. If you have any question or comments, please try to put it at the comment area and I'll get back to you. God bless you for listening to this tip. In Jesus' name, Amen.